and a beer bong for the lady. Dude, if you get the nachos stuck together, that's one nacho. That's my chopper you just thrashed, bros of. Well, guess what? Now this is happening. What are you doing? That's how I roll. She torched Neil? You're right, the woman's a monster. Two, three, four. It's a good thing I found these mushrooms. I was fucking starving. Remember way back when I said your mother was a cankerous whore? I'm sorry, man. I did not mean that. I'm a teacher. All I need are minds for molding. Here's the deal. I've got a hangover. Who knows what that means? Doesn't that mean you're drunk? No, it means I was drunk yesterday. Miss Dumbum ain't your teacher today? I am. And I got a headache and the runs. Okay, you want to bail? Go ahead. You want to walk away from your dreams? Or do you want to come in here with me, like the tenacious D I know, and change rock history? Welcome to Talk Movie to Me, a weekly podcast where we either feature a new release and delve into our week in entertainment, focus in on a performer's career, or buy an extra large popcorn and do a double feature. I'm Helen. I'm Edison. And I'm Miss Sinclair. And in case you haven't guessed it yet from the intro for this episode, we are going to be putting the career of the one and only Jack Black in focus. Yes. To clear, that (laughs) intro was amazing. So good. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, doing the intro this week while I was getting the the clips together, it really did remind me how many good quotes Jack Black has had throughout his career. Yeah, there's just an endless amount of material to work with. And so it was just such a joy. (laughs) I have to say, it was a real joy. This this whole week has been a real joy. Like, I agree. Watching his filmography for this episode, it's yeah. like, man, he is such a singular performer. I'm so excited to talk about this stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I'm just going to give a quick little description of... Jack Black's upbringing. Where did he come from? Mm-hmm. So Jack Black was born on August 28th, 1969, summer of 69, in Santa Monica, California. Both of his parents were satellite engineers. Oh. Wild. I know. Um, his mom was Jewish and he was raised Jewish. He, as a teenager, got into a rough crowd. Mm-hmm. He started doing cocaine and was just involved with some what he calls, you know, dangerous, sketchy people. Mm -hmm. So he actually asked his parents if he could get taken out of the school he was in and put into, like, a special school for troubled youths, as he puts it. Mm -hmm. Mm. Yeah, and, like, he was young. Like, this Mm -hmm. is, like, 14 years old. Yeah. Kind of like Drew Barrymore-ish, you know. Fortunately, it went well. But he had a quote where he gave to The Guardian a few years back, and he said, I was crazy, so much so that I think I'm lucky to be alive. Teenage boys feel immortal. It's that weird mix of hormones and not yet fully formed brains. They actually are insane. I should have been put in jail. (laughs) Mm. Yeah, so he went through that. Uh, Around this time, too, he actually got his first acting gig. So he did a commercial for a video game called Pitfall in 1982. Um, You can watch that on YouTube. And even from, like, this 13-year-old version of Jack Black, you can see his energy and his charisma coming through in this commercial. (laughs) And then when he got into high school, he got involved in drama and he did a lot of musical theater Mm -hmm. and loved doing musical theater, which so did I in high school. So, um, yeah, and then his career is not, takes off not long after that. 
Yeah, so up first in uh, the movie watching this week, I watched the movie that we're considering his bit part. Hmm. So Jack Black actually owes his big break to Tim Robbins. Mm -hmm. Tim Robbins actually cast him in a play when Jack Black was 12. It was a play called Inside Eddie Binstock that showed at the Deja Vu coffee house in Los Angeles. And he also acted in a theater troupe that was founded mm-hmm. by Tim Robbins. That actually went on to Tim Robbins giving him a role in the movie Bob Roberts. So I watched this movie this week, and I want to say I watched it courtesy of Bay Street Video because oh, I couldn't nice. actually find it anywhere. Yeah. And that's my go-to rental place. They really need to sponsor this fucking podcast. Truly, because I, right. that is my go-to place when I can't find something, and they always have it. Yeah. Whatever I'm looking for, they have a copy of it. So thank you, Bay Street Video. <laughs> Not sponsored by yeah. Bay Street Video. We just love it there. Yeah. So Bob Roberts is a political satire that was actually originally a Saturday Night Live sketch that uh, Tim Robbins did while he was hosting the show and then tim robbins decided to do this as a feature film it was his directorial debut it's actually done in the style of a mockumentary oh cool it's basically about a right-wing politician who is a candidate for an upcoming united states senate election and he's also a folk singer Hmm. um so it's interesting because tim robbins is is far from being right wing mm-hmm. um, he's not that at all and yeah. he's a very well known activist basically he gave this bit part to Jack Black and Jack Black plays the son of a fellow Republican okay. woman and he doesn't have a ton of scenes but he is in a lot of group shots and he steals the attention mm-hmm. right away he has this energy and this intensity that when there's a group shot, your eyes immediately go to him. Mm-hmm. Because you can just see him like bubbling. Yeah. He's yeah. just like a pot that's going to boil <laughs> over. Yeah, he doesn't waste any moments or any lines. Music is obviously a theme that is going to come up as we go through his yes. filmography. But even in this, his mother introduces him. She says, this is my son. He's in a band. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, Jack Black's character's in a band. And... It's already starting at the beginning of his career. You know, Tim Robbins also went on to direct Dead Man Walking, which Jack Black also has a small part in. Mm -hmm. Tim Robbins appears in High Fidelity, Anchorman, so does Jack Black. So they've kind of gone on to have this creative relationship. Mm. And they also did a show called The Brink in 2015, which is about politics. But I I mean, I never watched it. It only had 10 episodes. Yeah, it was really interesting actually seeing where this creative relationship started. And Jack Black owes so much to Tim Robbins for for kicking off his his film career. Oh, I love that. I love that support and cultivating another artist's career. And the fact that in no way was he a nepotism baby, (laughs) you know, like. And people just seeing him and recognizing the sort of undeniable it factor that charisma i Mm -hmm. it's so funny because when i was going through his filmography i was thinking what would it have been like to audition jack black you know (laughs) like jack black is always 
Jack Black. Yeah. And I think that that's actually the key to his success, obviously. Yeah. Imagine him coming into a room like he's, it's just like a whirlwind hurricane and probably casting directors loved him. I mean, he Mm -hmm. worked all through the 90s in a lot of big films, but there's only certain places that you can put him. Mm -hmm. And it's not until later, which we'll get into now, where it coalesces finally. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Sinclair, why don't you lead us into our, the film that put him on the map properly? Yeah, that's definitely High Fidelity mm-hmm. from 2000. This is directed by Stephen Frears. I fucking hate this movie so much. <laughs> I'm just going to say it right away. But Jack Black should not be punished for this movie mm-hmm. because he's actually really wonderful in this. And I can see why this got him so much attention. Mm-hmm. This is, of course, a story of Rob Gordon, played by John Cusack, played almost too perfectly by John Cusack. Oh, yeah. Who is a record store owner and a compulsive list maker who recounts <laughs> his top five breakups. Right. Um, well, overall, just being a piece of shit, but I digress. Um, <laughs> no, he's yeah. sort of like, this character is sort of like a proto-incel. Well, it's funny because basically Rob Gordon was described when this came out as an icon of damaged Gen X romanticism. And I mean, in, in 2022, we just call it an incel. Right. <laughs> well, yeah. it's funny because I have seen this movie so many times and my high school boyfriend was obsessed with this movie. Mm-hmm. And, right. And I remember loving it and then rewatching it for this. Yeah. I was like, oh, this has not aged well at well, all. What's <laughs> interesting is that I actually think that the film itself is pretty good. Right. Because... Yeah. It's like well written, well acted, mm-hmm. well paced, and is up is actually kind of an honest portrayal of right. yeah these guys from that time. Mm-hmm. Like I actually think it's pretty authentic, which is well, I mean that's a we can make a commentary about that. Right, right. The character is awful, yes. but mm-hmm. the film is actually like well done for sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. and Jack Black is so great in this because he plays Barry, who works at this record store. And he has so much music knowledge already. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he also roasts Rob Gordon. He ro- roasts the character so well. Yeah. And I like love yeah. all Jack Black's moments in this film because he's roasting John Cusack. Yeah. Right. And that's so great. But, you know, John Cusack got Jack Black this part because mm-hmm. he was a fan of Tenacious D and had right. seen his band. And he has a really great quote about Jack Black being in this movie. He says, I knew that Jack Black would be my secret weapon. He had made movies with Tim Robbins and they had this sort of actors gang, a crew that Jack was just hanging out with. And he was also doing Tenacious D. So I knew that he was a secret weapon because he was a great musician and a great comedian. And he just hadn't gotten a role like High Fidelity before. Yeah. This film is the perfect on the map for him because what it did was it introduced the broader public to Jack Black as a star. This character, Barry, is the Jack Black archetype. Yeah. This is Mm -hmm. his, like, movie star persona, this Mm hyper-expressive, off-the-hinges, outrageous, but still with this big heart. Mm -hmm. And it also allowed him to show off his musical chops, which is also a big part of his career and persona. Yeah. 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 I listened to an interview that Jack Black did with Terry Gross on NPR, and he was talking about doing High Fidelity and how, you know, John Cusack wanted him for this movie, and he didn't want to do it at first because he was afraid that people were going to judge him, and he was just, 
didn't have the confidence, didn't think he could do it, and then mm. ended up doing it. And he talks about how the director didn't give him any praise during mm. filming. Like, didn't put him down at all, but it was never like, that was amazing. He would just be like, okay, cut, great, we'll move on. And that Jack Black talks about how that pushed him to go further and to try harder. Mm -hmm. And that it was actually, like, some of the best training for him because it kept him on his toes and it, like, just forced him to continue to work harder as an actor. Yeah. Yeah. And he also just gets a full performance at the end. Right, yeah. a full musical performance on stage singing Let's Get It On. Like, you can't ask for anything more than that, you know? And his voice is so good. Like, he's a really good musician. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so because of High Fidelity, he basically started getting offers. He wasn't auditioning at this point anymore. He was getting full-on movie offers because of this film. Yeah. So we had to decide on Jack Black's big three. These are the three movies that we think define his career. In the early 2000s, after the success of High Fidelity, Jack Black is being offered these movie roles. And around this time, there was a lot of zany comedies. Mm -hmm. There was a ton of buddy comedies that were coming out around this time. And Jack Black did a few comedies that kind of typecast him as this schlubby, freeloading, but funny, lovable type. Mm-hmm. Um, even more so than High Fidelity. This this really kind of brought the like freeloader energy as well, but the lovable freeloader. Right. And he had two big comedies at this time. He had Saving Silverman in 2001 and Orange County in mm-hmm. 2002. And I think those two movies are a bit of a toss-up. But for me growing up, it was Saving Silverman. And I actually polled my friends today because (gasps) we watched this movie religiously. (laughs) We quoted it. We laughed our asses off. It was always Saving Silverman. But I said, just to make sure, I said, would you guys pick Saving Silverman over Orange County Mm -hmm. as the comedy out of the two of the time? Mm -hmm. And they said, hands down, Saving Silverman. Mm. Yeah. For sure. So this is a dumb comedy. (laughs) (laughs) It is a dumb comedy. It's basically about these two characters, Wayne and JD, who have this best friend, Darren. Wayne is played by Steve Zahn, who to me is just one of the most underrated actors of all time. I love Steve Zahn. He's so good. He's so funny. Jack Black plays JD. And Darren is actually played by Jason Biggs, which I think that Mm. kind of made this movie stand out a bit at this time because Jason Biggs was this big teen star of Mm -hmm. the moment. So Darren gets a girlfriend played by (laughs) Amanda Peet. This girlfriend is named Judith and she is a terror. She is breaking up their friendship. She is telling Darren he needs to quit their Neil Diamond tribute band and essentially says you cannot hang out with Wayne and JD anymore. Mm -hmm. So they decide they're going to kidnap Judith and save their friend, Darren. Obviously, this all goes awry and hilarity ensues. But Jack Black is this classic lovable goof. And him and Steve Zahn are just such an underrated comedic duo in this. Mm. They're just perfect. They are absolutely perfect in this. This is great. Like... Uh, they play dumb so well <laughs> and there's so much of 
the back and forth like I would be so curious to know how much of this was improvised and mm. how much of it was on the page when they were filming it and how I would die to see the blooper reels from this because I don't know how you could just keep a straight face throughout this whole thing oh yeah so fucking mm-hmm. funny and they actually have Neil Diamond appear I know they actually movie. have Neil Diamond it's amazing but you know this didn't do that critically well I feel like this movie is more in the hearts of the teenagers that saw this in 2001 <laughs> uh, with their friends basically the the critics consensus was this quote dragged down by a plot lacking any sense of logic and obnoxious unsympathetic characters this comedy is more crude and mean-spirited than funny I don't think that's true Mm. at all I, don't I think either. that is a bit harsh I feel that you can enjoy a dumb comedy for being dumb yeah <laughs> you know and it's not dumb dumb it has its moments of real comedic genius in my opinion I think it's fucking funny the critics <laughs> didn't like it but also it was like it was a bomb at the box office it, it yeah. only grossed 25 million dollars but that just speaks to the audience, right? Like, the teens right. weren't going out to see this movie, but they were all just like you and I watching it on DVD or on VHS at home. Yeah. And that's what was, you know, driving the popularity mm-hmm. of this film. People considered there to be, like, problematic themes. So there was, like, gender stereotypes with this, sure. like, evil girlfriend. And then, you know, Jack Black does, like, come out as gay. So I don't know if there's been an argument about like any sort of casual homophobia in this movie which is really in a lot of early 2000s Mm -hmm. comedy i can tell you i don't think at all and i i honestly think that jack black would be the last one to have that in his film he lost his older brother howard who Mm -hmm. died at the age of 31 from aids he was gay Mm -hmm. and jack black has an older sister rachel as well who's also gay i don't think he well he's quoted as saying i don't have a a homophobic bone in my body yeah and as you watch this whole filmography you actually see that to be true yeah Yeah. this character is a is a gay character who comes out as gay in the most comedic fucking way like with that back and forth with judith which she's like have you ever had a girlfriend yes no have you ever fantasized about having sex with a man? Which man? Any man. Yeah. You mean like a tall man? Yeah. <laughs> it just Any it goes man. on and on. Any man. <laughs> and he's like, does a that include celebrities? <laughs> and like, so it's it's done in such a weird matter of fact way and everyone just kind of gets over it. That You're right. At the time, there was a lot of casual homophobia yeah. in these comedies and it avoided that in my opinion. Mm. Mm-hmm. Anyway, still a banger. Saving <laughs> Silverman. I think so. Okay, Helen, why don't you lead us into number two? Yes, number two. Gosh, this movie. Number two is School of Rock, uh, which came out in 2003, directed by Richard Linklater and written by Mike White, um, starring Jock Black and Joan Cusack. We have the sister Cusack now. Mm-hmm. Here is the description, courtesy of IMDb. After being kicked out of his rock band, Dewey Finn becomes a substitute teacher of an uptight elementary private school only to try and turn his class into a rock band. We all agreed this week that this is a perfect movie. Yeah. I could cry right now. This movie is so fucking good. (laughs) It's so good. It has such heart. Like, explosive heart. Explosive heart. And it... 
I had seen it multiple times, you know, when it had come out and I remember mm-hmm. loving it and then hadn't revisited it because I feel like it was one of those movies where everyone is always watching it or it's always on and you get sick of it. So I hadn't, I have not thought about this movie mm-hmm. in so long, like probably 20 years mm-hmm. <laughs> almost to watch it again and realize how incredible it is. Like I was really blown away watching it for this episode. So Mike White plays the Mr. Schneebly, real Mr. Schneebly in the movie. Yes. And he wrote this script and he wrote it for Jack Black. He moved into an apartment beside Jack Black and he said Jack Black would constantly be like playing music really loudly or like running down the halls naked and playing his guitar. <laughs> guitar. And another thing Jack Black said in that interview I mentioned is that at the time, a lot of the roles that were being offered to him or written for him were what you mentioned, Sinclair, that Mm -hmm. freeloader or the frat boy kind of schlubby guy that gets drunk and makes a fool out of himself. And Mm -hmm. Mike White wanted to write a character for him that wasn't that. I mean, he is a freeloader in this movie. He is that. But But he's not the... He's 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 so much more. More than that. So, so much more. There is not a single person in this entire world that could play this character that is not Jack Black. Mm-hmm. Other than Jack Black, you know, yeah. like it, this, it's, inc- it's, it's incredible. I'm obsessed with it. <laughs> no, I agree. I agree. I think this is his like magnum opus of a yeah. performance. Yeah, totally. It's like, it captures absolutely everything that makes it, that are his best qualities. All yeah. of them. And what I think it really boils down to, there's a, there's zany. We have zany characters. Right. There's zany performances and actors and comedians. And Jack Black is like zany dialed way up to like right. 100. But he has such empathy and yeah. it's in the characters. Like that his the scene where he's giving the prep talk to Tamika when she's worried about people mm-hmm. laughing at her for being yeah. fat. Mm-hmm. It's just so honest and warm yeah. and loving. And it's he's got this boundless enthusiasm. Ugh. It's just so, so good. So mm-hmm. good. Yeah, he makes every kid feel good about themselves. <laughs> yeah, and I I read a piece of trivia that he he came up with all the nicknames for all the kids in the movie. I, you know, watching it again now, I I was bracing myself for moments that didn't age well, and this it doesn't have that. This is Richard Linklater, though. Like, again, talk about mm-hmm. heart. Mm-hmm. Another one, like, ugh. Yeah. Yeah. And another thing I really love about this movie is there's no main romance in it. Yeah. And initially there was supposed to be between him and Joan Cusack and then they cut that. And I love that this movie is just about him and the kids and music. Mm-hmm. Oh, like what a me, unique, but... beautiful film. Yeah. Yes. And thank God they didn't go the romance route. But I know. Good God, Joan Cusack is perfect. She's so good. Well, then this. it sets her up for that sexy moment with the rock and roller. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. Battle of the bands. Or it's like, Spider. You're She's like, what? <laughs> shout out to lucas babin who plays spider that guy he's the one who pla- replaced dewey because yeah. oh my lord that was simply too much simply too much yeah i love the richard linklater jack black combo mm-hmm. here yes. because of the passion for music yeah. so richard linklater did dazed and confused that is rock and roll heavy that is 70s mm-hmm. rock yeah. and roll and all of that seeps into this movie mm-hmm. well and something that i appreciate so much and you guys know this because i bitch about it all the time richard linklater insisted that the kids in this movie play their instruments Mm -hmm. yeah they're playing and they're playing and it drives me fucking bonkers when you're seeing someone play an instrument in a movie and you can tell that they don't play like these kids are all playing those instruments and they're all great and it the film also allows these kids like to the singers 
to not be like you know astonishing to have little mistakes and whatever they're really good kids but that is hard that's empathy you're good enough we don't need to auto-tune you you're incredible as a 10 year old singing this it's so beautiful and and it won over the hearts of audiences it made 132 million dollars worldwide and it's him it's Mm -hmm. this is jack black like Mm -hmm. this is him yeah, and he was nominated for a Golden Globe for this movie. Mm-hmm. And deservedly so, of yeah. course. Yeah. yeah. All right, what's next? All right, so finally, uh, third on our big three is a movie within a movie that features <laughs> exploding directors of Heroin Lab, Torture, callbacks to Apocalypse Now, and of course, Jack Black playing an unhinged drug addict. <laughs> oh, and Tom Cruise in a fat suit and bald cap and Robert Downey Jr. in blackface. <laughs> <laughs> I can only be talking about one film, and that is 2008's Tropic Thunder, Mm -hmm. directed by Ben Stiller. This movie is about a bunch of actors shooting a big-budget war film who end up finding themselves unwittingly put in the real-life circumstances of the characters they're portraying. This movie was a surprise hit at the box office as well. It made $200 million. Mm -hmm. was huge. Yeah, Jack Black is fully Jack Black here. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, like the most there's the scene when he's dangling off the side of the helicopter when they're shooting and there's so much of this like when he (laughs) fuck the scene when he's going for the bats what like do you remember that that one moment when he's like so 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 dying for for the drugs and the bat steals Mm -hmm. his drugs and he's chasing it and then the bat passes out or dies obviously because it's just inhaled all of his heroin and he's like and he lunges at the bat and grabs it and bites it. It's like, I know. It's disgusting. <laughs> it is, but it's so... But, like, who else could do that? It's right, so good. Yeah. All right. I love this movie. I think it's so funny. Yeah. It was another one that I was a little worried of, like, okay, how did this age? But I actually... Yeah. Well, I don't know. I think it's okay. Yeah. I do, too. But the yeah. reason why it's okay is because it's so satirical. Like exactly. It yeah. eviscerates the, like, pretentiousness of actors. Like, yeah. You know, yeah, it's a bold move. And I'm sure that there will be black people who weren't comfortable with it. Yeah, yeah. But it didn't get a lot of negative feedback at the time. Mm-hmm. We're mm-hmm. talking about, of course, Robert Downey Jr. Right. playing Kirk Lazarus in Black yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's because he's making fun of white actors yes. thinking that they can step into that space and do of that. Of course, yeah. For their mm-hmm. art. Mm-hmm. And and, and yeah. Ben Stiller did screen it for the NAACP and for black journalists and like got their uh, response to it before like releasing mm. the movie to make sure that it was OK. <laughs> yeah. 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 This is such an epic comedy on so many different levels. And there's just so much to this because this was a comedy that was shot like an epic. Mm-hmm. Right. And there's also this physical level to the performances as if the actors were in a war movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you couldn't just step on set and be funny. There was like real physical work that was involved yeah. with making this film. The thing I find interesting about Jack Black in this, I mean, first of all, his character, Jeff Portnoy. <laughs> this is very meta because I think that this is really looking at how we cast overweight actors yeah. in Hollywood. Yeah. And Jack Black's career could have gone into making these Jeff Portnoy fat fart yeah. movies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He has actually managed to have a really versatile career. This movie is really taking a look at what his career could have been. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Really any actor who physically looks like him. Well, and I think what's interesting about that is that it of the actors in this film portraying their characters, 
he's the only one where it's a bit meta on his own career, right? Mm-hmm. Like Robert Downey mm-hmm. Jr. is not the five-time Oscar-winning Australian method actor yeah. mm-hmm. that his character is meant to be. And Ben Stiller is not like, yeah, yeah is not a Jean-Claude Van Damme <laughs> yeah, style yeah, yeah. action hero, right? <laughs> yeah. But Jack Black could have gone in, right. in that other route. So you're right. Yeah, that's really interesting. Mm-hmm. He's so good in this. Like that is a fully committed performance. This yeah. time around, I actually watched Reign of Madness, which is the fake documentary on the making of oh Tropic God. Thunder. Oh, my God. That mimics Heart of Hearts of Darkness, which really? is a documentary about the making of Apocalypse Now. Yeah. That's um, hilarious. And that was a whole other project for these guys, doing, the fake, that that doing the fake documentary on the making of Tropic Thunder. Wow. So How just was it? layers upon layers. It's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> and oh, it's yeah. everything right before they kind of go rogue. Okay. Mm. And then the mm-hmm. director, you know, steps on that <laughs> <Yeah>. landmine, <laughs> perishes. This part was written for him, and he was reluctant to take it at first. Uh, he really didn't want to dye his hair blonde. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but then he decided to go for it. Yeah. They, yeah. And l- thankfully he did. Cause I know. I love it. It's so funny. Oh, yeah. His career. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Totally. So next up is the Paycheck movie. This is a movie that an actor might take just for the paycheck or a movie they did that was just a big ka-ching. And I think, Edison, you can elaborate a little bit more on what we consider to be the movie where Jack Black made Big Bang. I mean, to be fair, he's had a few Paycheck movies. Yeah. And I don't know necessarily that these are one, you know, that these are ones that he's done just for the money. Mm -hmm. But there's certainly ones where he's been compensated really well, right? Yeah. We could have easily said King Kong. That Mm -hmm. was hugely successful. It made $550 million. But I refuse to watch that this week. (laughs) I know. I, I, I cannot watch that movie. I, I, yeah, I put that up to be in his big three because I think it is really. Mm, yeah. It's a hugely successful film and he's a main character in it and it's amazing. But yeah, I get it. You, you can't watch it because of Kong. Yeah, I was scarred for life. I was weeping and heaving. Aww. I was heaving in the theater. <laughs> also, we should say Jack Black has 178 credits on IMDb. So we have a lot to choose from. Yeah. Like, there's a it lot was of okay to not do Kong. Well. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it could. We could have talked about the his turn in the two Jumanji films. Yeah. Right. And that combined have grossed one point seven billion dollars. Wow. Which is completely insane. But I think the biggest for him is Kung Fu Panda. Mm. Okay. Because yeah. in that in that series of films, he is playing the lead character Po Ping, who is um, the giant panda who is chosen as the prophesized dragon warrior and becomes this master of Kung Fu. It follows the same Jack Black story of basically this character that is doubted and has everything kind of set against him, but then proves himself worthy as mm. he eventually goes and fulfills his destiny. Right. Yeah. It's, it's actually kind of a funny story how he got this role. So the president of DreamWorks, Jeffrey Katzenberg pitched him on it. Okay. And Jack Black gave this interview and he said, Katzenberg told me, you don't have to worry about creating some new character. I want you to be you. Mm. And he got some footage, audio from School of Rock or High Fidelity, one of my early movies. And he had the animators do a short animation using that audio. Oh, wow. And that was the pitch. So Katzenberg was like, you have to be this panda. I'm literally going to take your audio clips and quotes from previous films and have it be animated to this character so that you can vision what it is. Mm. 
and that's mm-hmm. that's the position that he's in at this point. Yeah. And so I think that's so cool. He's played Poe the Panda in three films that mm-hmm. have already been released. There's another one that's in pre-production now. Mm-hmm. Also in five different short films and all 11 episodes of this year's TV series, Kung Fu Panda the Dragon Knight. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So he got paid a base of like $8 million for each of those films. But no doubt has a back-end bonus in oh, his contract. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they've made almost $2 billion worldwide. So that back-end could be pretty big. And plus, he'll have percentages on the merch mm. and the games and all the rest. Mm-hmm. So this is, like, huge, 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 huge for him. Yeah. It's the type of thing that buys his mansions and it's the it's the fuck off money yeah right if he doesn't want to do anything else he doesn't he doesn't have to so everything's looking up for jack black right ka-ching baby but (laughs) where there's a good there must be a bad yeah where there's a hit there's a miss Mm-hmm. Too, it's all balance, you know, in life. And with 158 credits, there's got to be a few. Yeah, there's, there, there's some real stinkers on this filmography too. Yeah. Um, but I think one of the biggest known stinkers is actually Nacho Libre mm-hmm. from 2006. Mm. Little synopsis in case you didn't see Nacho <laughs> Libre, <laughs> listeners. Berated all his life by those around him, a monk follows his dreams and dons a mask to moonlight as a luchador. Mm -hmm. Uh, So this is directed by Jared Hess, and it's written by Jared Hess and Mike White. So we see Mm -hmm. Mike White appear again. Uh, Jared Hess had just got some cult success from Napoleon Dynamite. Napoleon Dynamite, yeah. And Nacho Libre, honestly, it's not the worst movie I think that it's just mediocre and right. it kind of lacks laughs and quirkiness and it just sits in the middle of a buddy comedy and a Napoleon Dynamite type yeah. movie. Like it just sits right there. It doesn't lean into either of those things. Mm-hmm. It's like it's trying to be Napoleon Dynamite in this almost like Will Ferrell or Adam Sandler type comedy structure. Mm-hmm. I think it didn't actually the reason why this film didn't work is that it doesn't it didn't lean into the best like the best bits of Jack Black mm. actually yeah he really commits to the fight scenes mm-hmm. like he commits to the red the physical comedy of it because mm-hmm. he's just so good at that and there's a bit of heart you know his old his old motivation is to try and raise money to feed the kids or whatever but it's not real heart it's not a heart like school exactly. of rock no because there's not. no there's actually no emotional payoff with the love yeah. interest and with the friend mm. the love interest is so stupid yeah, yeah like there's even. no actual resolution mm-hmm. no so that's what's missing in this is because for jack black to work for, for you to be able to take a 90 minutes of his like four thousand percent crazy it needs to be balanced by a real heart and that's what he's that's what makes him so magnetic and it's just not in this well he's also just really subdued in this right. too and it, it almost feels like he's uncomfortable doing this mexican accent and i can't imagine why yeah and i I'm, i know people probably have some problems with him playing this mexican character and i kind of looked into how he went about playing this character and he did bring it up to jared hess and jared hess was like well, the character is half Swedish. Right. So it's the like they like leaned into that a lot and just tried mm-hmm. to make it work. 
But also, <laughs> this is loosely based off an actual Mexican Catholic yeah. priest. So, what? yeah. Yes. Named Frey Tormenta. Um, he was a wrestler and he was a priest at an orphanage and was wrestling to make money for this orphanage. Like it's based on a real guy. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm sorry. I want to watch that film. I know. Oh, totally. Totally. Yeah. So that's that's what? It's super interesting. Where's that movie? He like supported this orphanage for like 23 years. Yeah. Oh my God. So, you know, Jack Black should not be playing that character. No. (laughs) Who's a real person. Who's Mexican. Like, sorry. No. (laughs) And it's also just not a good movie, so... Oh, yeah. But at this point, though, again, he's killing it, right? Jack Black is super famous. This is like peak Jack Black as a star and as a draw. And it did make $100 million at the box office. So it wasn't like a bomb in terms of financially. Yeah. Um, So, yeah. But, yeah, a flop in terms of the critics and in terms of just missing the mark. Absolutely. Okay, so with a lot of the films that we've been discussing... One common thing is that Jack Black is always playing Jack Black. Mm-hmm. So, Helen, for the In a New Light film, did you find mm-hmm. anything where you saw him in a different way? I did, actually. Great. Uh, what was it? Well, do you know what I watched? Do you want to take a guess? I would say, like, Margot at the Wedding. Yes, that's what I want. <laughs> yeah, because it's quite indie and very different. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So I watched uh, Margot at the Wedding. Noah Baumbach. <laughs> uh, <laughs> written and directed by Noah Baumbach. He's not my fave. Um, so we here know, is. Helen. Here is the description courtesy of IMDb. Margot and her son Claude decide to visit her sister Pauline after she announces that she's marrying less than impressive Malcolm. So Margot is played by Nicole Kidman. Pauline is played by Jennifer Jason Lee, And Malcolm is Jack Black. Yeah. I mean, this movie is not my least favorite Noah Bobak movie. It's not bad. It's really fun to see Jack Black in this part. He's playing, you know, he again is playing a freeloader, but it's not the, you know, big energetic comedy at all. Yeah. Uh, This is a very naturalistic uh, yeah, Noah Bombback doesn't scream like bombastic <laughs> energy. Not at all. <laughs> bombastic. <laughs> uh, stop it. So he he is still sort of playing a version of himself that is is just dialed down. Mm-hmm. But he has heart in this movie. He was my favorite character and favorite part of this movie up until the end when he like follows every other Noah Baumbach character and becomes unlikable. He's good in it and it's fun to watch him in it and even just watching him and Jason Jennifer Jason Lee together. She's so beautiful and mm-hmm. like enticing in this movie, but I'm watching them and they work together. Like mm-hmm. and there was even a part of me that was like I'd probably date Jack Black in this movie. Yeah. He <laughs> you has know, really like, great chemistry with his co-stars. Yeah. Really yeah. great. Whether yeah. it's comedy or drama, it's it's always good chemistry. Well, again, it's because of the empathy. Like mm-hmm. he's a super empathetic dude and you can tell. And so mm-hmm. he when he listens to his co-stars yeah. and yeah. he is generous. He'd be such a generous actor to work with, which I would wager the vast majority of these larger than life comedian mm. types are not. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Okay, so Sinclair, you watched a hidden gem on this very prolific filmography. What did you watch? Yeah, I watched a movie called Bernie, 
Mm-hmm. And it's from 2011. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I've seen this before, but I actually really, really love this movie. It's directed by Richard Linklater. Mm-hmm. So they team up again. So quick synopsis. In small town Texas, an affable mortician strikes up a friendship with a wealthy widow. Though she starts to become very controlling, he goes to great lengths. He grows... I've been drinking. I'm sorry. He goes to great lengths to separate himself (laughs) from her grasps. Mm -hmm. This is a movie, obviously, starring Jack Black. Uh, Mm -hmm. Matthew McConaughey is also in this. Mm -hmm. And Shirley MacLaine plays this character, Marjorie Nugent. Jack Black plays Bernie, who's this really beloved man in, in his community. He's always doing things for his, you know, fellow people. He is just this overall wonderful guy. And he strikes up this friendship with this widow, Shirley MacLaine. And they end up having this companionship where they Mm -hmm. just go off and do everything together. They go travel. They, you know, see plays together. And it's this companionship that any older person would want in their later years. It does turn sour. Marjorie ends up making her will out to Bernie and then starts to get very controlling, starts to keep him as a prisoner, kind of, and a slave. He ends up shooting her in the back Mm -hmm. with this armadillo-type BB gun and (laughs) kills her and then puts her body in this freezer and carries on. Yeah, he, like, carries on. Also, this is based on a true story. It's based on a true story. Oh, my God. He basically like goes on living like it's like she's alive Hmm. and spending her money essentially Mm -hmm. so yeah this is based on a real guy that did this that killed this woman but there's like this weird thing where Richard Linklater made this movie and then it like reopened this like looking into the case yeah they kind of like looked into more they looked into him as a person and it turns out there was like proof that Bernie had been sexually assaulted as a child. And for a period of time, he was actually like temporarily released while they were like reinvestigating this. And he like lived on Richard Linklater's property. Whoa. Like they were like friends and he just like lived on his property. But then he's like back in jail now. It didn't really do anything because at the end of the day, he did kill this woman. Yeah. Oh my God. But they like re- resentenced him and like looked mm. into it again. I don't know. But this movie is like just such a good dark comedy. The interview I keep referencing was to promote this film. Mm. So he talks a lot about Bernie and how Richard Linklater knew that for this character, he needed somebody likable enough that they could play you know a murderer and still have people like them and he had already directed Jack Black in School of Rock and was like it has to be Jack Black and Jack Black talks about going to prison and and talking with the real Bernie yeah there's footage at the end where it shows footage of like the real townspeople and then shows footage of Jack Black talking to the real Bernie which is which is yeah yeah that's cool All right, so we decided to focus in on the fan favorite movie for Jack Black, which we did a poll on our Instagram, and, you know, hands down, it's The Holiday. There was a clear winner. (laughs) 
So The Holiday came out in 2006. It is written and directed by Nancy Myers. Here is the description. Two women troubled with guy problems swap homes in each other's countries where they each meet a local guy and fall in love. So we have Cameron Diaz, we have Kate Winslet, we have Jude Law, and we have Jack Black. This has become a holiday favorite. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Even at the time of its release, it was huge. It made $200 million worldwide. And I mean, we've all seen this multiple times. We've talked about it before. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, Kate Winslet and Jack Black are love interests in this movie. And that could easily not work, right? But as mentioned, he has great chemistry Mm -hmm. with his co-stars. Like he just does. The other thing about Jack Black, I have to say, it's very strange, but like, I kind of find him really sexy. I do too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he has really sexy <laughs> moments, for sure. Like, yeah. really, he is not even remotely my type, but there's something about his passion, his empathy, mm-hmm. his his just like fully himselfness. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it works. It yeah. works. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. He says that this is his best performance. Mm, in his opinion yeah i don't know if i think it's his best performance but um it is nice to see him in this role he's a bit softer that his comedy is still there his zaniness is still there it comes out in moments he's a film composer yeah once again yeah yeah (laughs) yeah but it is definitely more of a subdued performance for sure Mm -hmm. and it's a it is a different it's a different type of a thing for him right he's not he's not a schlumpy like freeloader he's in a romantic comedy mm-hmm. yeah and uh opposite the opposite these aggressively attractive people <laughs> and yeah. it does work i understand why everyone loves this film i mean i've seen it at least five times i'm sure mm-hmm. it's just fun and and good and war- heartwarming yeah it's really sweet yeah. yeah yeah and he is quite humble when he talks about this movie too like there's just no ego to him he mm-hmm. just talks about how in awe of Kate Winslet he was. Mm. And Aww. he makes the joke about, oh, she went from Leonardo DiCaprio <laughs> to Jack Black. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and he just talks about just like watching her act and, and just being in awe and mm. taking this movie as an opportunity to just be a better actor and to, to mm. learn from, you know, one of the best actresses of that generation. Yeah. Okay, Edison, what is Jack Black's pop culture moment well i think that that's that's perfect it's kind of a natural segue because for somebody who's been very famous for at least 20 some years now he is really not a tabloid fixture at all and he's also not at all problematic considering especially that he's a comedian like of course you would you would assume that he had only reverence for kate winslet and that he wasn't Mm. some misogynistic douchebag and Mm -hmm. that's because you just know that his heart is in the right place, basically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's really private. Like, I didn't even know. I had to literally Google today, is Jack Black married? Yeah. <laughs> and turns out he is. Yeah. He's been married since 2006. He's got two kids. I bet he's a fucking killer dad. I would be so fun oh, having yeah. Jack Black as a dad. But he does have a pop culture moment that is outside of his filmography and we've been talking about it Mm. sort of adjacent throughout this whole episode and it is Tenacious D Mm -hmm. and Tenacious D is a musical group that he formed alongside Kyle Gass back in 1994 Wow! and where he's the lead vocalist yeah so this was years before 
his big break in film. And actually, even before they released their debut album, which wasn't until 2001, hmm. but they started with a show on HBO called Tenacious D. Right. And it ran for um, three seasons, though it was only six episodes, uh, between 1997 and 2000. And this is part of what sort of first gained him some public attention. And it's also where he, I would say, channeled all of his like varied skills into one cohesive persona. This is where he sort of created and crafted and molded the, the Jack Black that we know now. Tenacious D is sort of like mock rock. It's not satire in the vein of like Weird Al, but it's right. very absurdist in the lyrics and the delivery, particularly Jack Black as a vocalist. It's, it's very theatrical. It's mm-hmm. like rock opera sort of. Very much in its own lane. But, like, in the late 90s, they were, like, a real band. This is very much... Mm -hmm. And still, like, Mm -hmm. they they opened for Pearl Jam, Weezer, Tool, Beck. Mm -hmm. Like, these big acts at that time. That's so cool. It's really cool. And on their debut album, David Grohl played the drums on it. Mm -hmm. Wow. So, like, we all know that song, Fucker Gently. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) (laughs) That kind of captures their thing, right? It's funny and also still somehow kind of sweet in in a real Mm -hmm. absurdist way. (laughs) Yeah, just so much. But this band is kind of huge. And I love that Jack Black is doing his own thing as a musician, has been doing it forever, is successful. Like, they actually are a pretty successful touring band. They sold out Madison Square Garden, Mm -hmm. for example. They've won a Grammy. They won a Grammy in 2015 for Best Metal Performance. Wow. Um, Yeah. But it's not... There's, again, just no pretense. There's no pretentiousness with him. And not a drop of it. It's not like Jared Leto and, you know... Mm. It's just none of it. Mm -hmm. I always laugh because in School of Rock, he talks about the man. And he says, the man. Do you know who the man is? MTV. And it's funny because growing up, Tenacious D was really big on MTV. Like, (laughs) Tribute was... That video played all the time. Oh, yeah. That was a big song. MTV actually gave that video a lot of attention, which is funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Tenacious D is definitely his, like, pop culture moment. Yeah. Okay, so Helen, Mm -hmm. I'm actually really excited to hear about this. I know I I mentioned one of the Kung Kung Fu Panda ones earlier, but what is up and coming for Jack Black? Yeah, well, he has quite a few things... Um, up and coming on his filmography we do have Kung Fu Panda 4 he is voicing Bowser in the uh, Super Mario Brothers movie there is quite a few things that he's listed as a producer on so I don't know if he'll actually be acting in those projects but one that he is listed as a producer and an actor on is a movie called Micronations and he's teaming up again with Jared Hess so let's see okay. if we get some redemption from Nacho Libre. The um, description of this movie actually sounds really cool. A misfit living amongst neighborhoods and homes that have declared themselves sovereign nations is recruited to wage a battle against the nation of Wayne County, Nevada. So I don't know. It sounds like it could be really quirky and maybe futuristic-ish. I'm not sure. <laughs> this could go either way. It could. It, d- it definitely could. But I'm intrigued by it, for sure. Uh, otherwise, yeah, it's I, I'm not sure if some of the other stuff on here, if he'll actually be acting in or if he's just producing. Here's the thing. Jack Black is 53 years old. Mm-hmm. He still seems to have that boundless energy that he always has had. <laughs> yeah. But it's tough to play that 
sort of archetypal thing that he did in the early 2000s now right. or, and later into his career. So what is the transition for Jack Black? I think he could definitely kill, like, I would watch a School of Rock sequel in a fucking heartbeat. Right, yeah. Um, or something like that, yeah. right? Like a, a wise teacher in that situation mm-hmm. or whatnot. Do we see him getting cast in a more serious role? Like, is there a, a room for that, mm-hmm. do you think? I mean, what? I definitely think he could be. He does do a ton of voice acting, too, and mm-hmm. has voiced a lot of video game characters that he's actually super proud of and he's won a lot of awards Mm -hmm. for video game voices so it could be that too like he could just transition into even more voice acting um but i could see him as he gets older doing maybe more dramatic stuff or more like dark comedy or dramedy Mm -hmm. roles yeah he's worked with some really good directors too like he Mm -hmm. he's worked with michelle gondry it did be kind rewind Right. Which is, yeah. you know, surrealist and, and zany, but work with that director and do your eternal sunshine of a spotless mind mm-hmm. like Jim Carrey did. Yes. You know, yes. we can see Jack Black utilizing these relationships he has with these directors and doing something like that. Mm-hmm. Totally. I really, really want that for him. I yeah. Watching his films this week was such a... I'll say it again, joy. Yeah, like, it really it was, was such a reminder of what a really unique performer he is, and and like, I want to see more of him mm-hmm. in good in good projects. Mm-hmm. So for all of you Hollywood people who are listening to this podcast, <laughs> yeah, we don't need another Goosebumps. Yeah, okay, <laughs> we don't need another Goosebumps or Jumanji. Let's get Jack Black uh, some meat. Let's get him an rolls. Oscar. Let's get him an Oscar. Let's give it an Oscar. Okay, so we've talked a lot about how he has a very extensive filmography, but Mm -hmm. what is the one film? What is the Desert Island film, the film that we would like to have with us on a Desert Island as our only form of entertainment? Helen. School of Rock. It's a no-brainer for me. It's just such a perfect film. I'm with you. It's School Mm -hmm. of Rock for me, too. Yeah. Yeah. How about you, Sinclair? No, I'm going Saving Silverman. Okay, because fair. it would remind me of all my friends growing yeah. up, and it would make me feel like they're there with me on this desert island, laughing at right. Saving Silverman. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair. Okay, what about Walk of Shame? What are we gonna just? What movie are we gonna just send down that Walk of Shame? I'm gonna send Shallow Hal. Yeah, that's mine too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that film was bad yeah it was really bad it it is of of these ones it's one that does not hold up (laughs) yeah yeah okay well if you're sending shallow hell down the the walk of shame then maybe i'll send something like envy down because that didn't do well either and also like Mm. i'm sure ben stiller doesn't want it on his filmography anymore (laughs) either so let's just send that one down as well all right i like it all right. Well, this has been another episode of Talk Movie to Me. If you would like to get in touch with us, our email is talkmovietome at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at talkmovietome. Tweet at us at TMTM Podcast. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much for being Patreon members. We love you so much. And yeah, get in touch. Tell us what some of your favorite Jack Black movies are. I'm Helen. I'm Miss Sinclair. And I'm Edison. Come on, I You're tacky and I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. <laughs>